0: Welcome to the PE huddle. It's sponsored and supported by Gopher. Uh, as you know, Gopher strives to connect with teachers in health and physical education. By the way, uh, by now all of you should have received a fall Gopher catalog, and if you haven't been back to your school, it's probably there. Uh, but if you have, if you haven't received one, you can always get one quickly by going to gophersport.com/back/catalog. Uh, uh, so. Uh, make sure you get a look at the new catalog, it's thick as ever. Um, the Gopher team and I have been writing and uploading uh, the Dynamic PE ASAP middle and high school content and that's news, okay, news. Um, we've got uh, K through 12 uh, lessons and units now. Online are 28 new units of instructions for 7 through 12 with over 250 lesson plans. The units range in length from one to three weeks. Take a look at dynamicpeasap.com. Click on the secondary button and view your desired units of instruction. So we're excited about that and next month's huddle we'll talk more about the secondary units and how to develop your school curriculum that includes standards and outcomes to guide your program. Well, we titled this month's huddle getting out of the starting blocks. Think of a 100-meter race. You back into your starting blocks, you get into a sprinter's start, a gun goes off, and just as it goes off, you stumble. You spend the rest of the race trying to make up for a poor start. All right, all right, I know you know where I'm going with this. But the first, if you don't start that year off correctly, It's going to be a battle the rest of the year. And so the first lesson in in the DPE ASAP lesson plans is always orientation in class management uh, and with a lot of time devoted to practicing management skills. Class management, and I'll say this over and over, is a learned skill. And it takes time to shape student behavior, just like any other skills you teach, it must be practiced on a regular basis throughout the year. In fact, in my eyes, the most important thing a teacher accomplishes is socializing students and preparing them to work in group settings. I remind you, if you can't manage student behavior, you can't teach students. Take charge early, make your expectations clear, and reinforce desirable behavior. In other words, don't stumble coming out of those starting blocks. And on to our guests. I'm so excited to have these three people with us. And this, the the, the speakers this month have differing amounts of teaching and leadership experience. You're gonna hear that right off. But here's a great chance to hear people with a lot of experience at different levels and be able to, you know, perceive and recommend. And they're gonna give you a lot of different ideas. And, you know, I bet they're gonna have a lot in common regardless of experience so let me introduce you with the most experience is bill jones he's the director of physical education at the university school in suburban cleveland he's taught and coached for the past 35 years and he's received numerous awards for innovation and leadership must say i got to visit bill a few years back with all that experience under his belt he hasn't lost any of his he is He is the man. He, he gets it done. Next, with a whole lot of enthusiasm and 17 years of teaching experience in physical education in both public and Catholic education is Shannon Irwin. Welcome, Shannon. She has served as an athletic administrator at St. Andrew Catholic Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and recently Started a new job as the athletic director for the Catholic Diocese. And I think she said that she has 17 campuses, so that's a big job. She regularly shares her expertise by presenting at local, state, and national levels. And finally, Richard Edgar. He has least experience, but he has the strongest memories of what it's like to be a beginning teacher. So he can help those of you who are just getting started. He's taught in Arizona for five years. He earned his bachelor's degree in healthy lifestyles and fitness science from ASU, and his post-bac is from Rio Salado. He's currently teaching elementary school PE for the Mesa Public Schools, and he's well known for his willingness to help and support fellow teachers. So welcome aboard, gang. Thank you, and thanks for sharing your expertise with our audience today. You know, just as kind of a a warm-up question for y'all, you know, I've been around schools now to start uh, a a number of times, and one of the things I'm hearing from teachers is that it really kind of seems post-COVID that students are starting to take it serious, they're ready to get back, they're not torn between online instruction and back in class and wonder what we're going to do tomorrow. I, I don't know, that's been kind of my perception, but I could be off base. I'd like to run around the three of you and see what you have to say. Bill, let's start with you.
1: Oh, I, I think you you hit the head on the nail there, the, the head of the nail there. The um Our students are, are excited about being back. I know last spring, the social interaction, we had more kids that participated in clubs as well as physical education, athletics in years past they wanted to be around each other so i think that's been huge so i'm I'm really pleased uh i'm hoping this year goes a little bit smoother because of that because they really want to be around each other
2: shannon
0: down in texas what how is it there
2: it's been great um we opened up you know this the first year of the pandemic, we you know closed down after spring break and started right back up with the school year we did offer an online um option for our kids several families took advantage of that but the following year we went straight back to being in person and so we're we're coming out of it this is year three now um so we're rocking and rolling we've we've been rocking and rolling
0: and you feel like your kids are rocking and rolling like they're ready to get back to the good old days so to speak
2: absolutely i mean we're seeing some emotional trauma going on you know being at home and being away from social environments that that we're seeing an uptick in and you know we're dealing with that by providing services to our students but overall it's been great
0: yeah how about you Richard and out in Mesa Arizona
3: yeah we had kids come back uh,
0: last Thursday so we've been
3: going for a week now and kids are super excited to be back in the classroom we um use the equipment right off the bat so kids are excited to be in PE using the equipment um they're ready
0: to move and ready to go so it's been awesome oh nice 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 that that that's good i mean it, boy those have been a trying couple of years there haven't it gang i mean we really had to go um well uh and i'll ask you all to weigh in on this but you, as bill alluded to uh you know we the school set aside non-student days for teachers and part of it is for them to give you their message and that sort of thing and usually time's devoted for you to get yourself ready and I want to concentrate, uh, you know, in this next discussion about how you prepare for the school year and what kinds of things should teachers be doing to get off to an effective start and and, uh, what types of things you focus on to make sure heading into the school year uh, you're not stumbling out of the blocks. Uh, Shannon, you want to lead off with that one?
2: Yes, absolutely. The first thing I do is inventory our equipment, especially if you're at a new campus, you have to know what you're working with. Um, You have to know what you have, what you need and what you want and want and need are two different things, right? So I may want this big product, but I may need hula hoops that broke the previous year. So just kind of assessing what you have and you know, don't be afraid to create that dream list. Cause I feel like once you write it down and, and you have a goal in mind and it feels so great to start crossing those things off and getting your PE closet filled.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the kind sec- of, business? go ahead.
2: Yeah, okay, the second thing I focus on, is really your environment, creating that atmosphere that's welcoming for our students, uh, making sure it's positive, but at the same time being mindful that it's not overstimulating. You know, um, when you're teaching a lesson, you want the kids to be focused on you. And if you have lots of stuff on your walls or things that are printed small, you know, they're going to be distracted. So um, be mindful about making it welcoming, making it positive, but at the same time, don't overstimulate the kids.
0: That's, 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 a, that's a fine edge, isn't it? And, <laughs> And and you're dead right about that. And probably early in the year, you're going to have a little more focus on management and and a little more sterile. And then when you got them where you want them. Yeah, good. Um, Richard, how about you? What kinds of things did you do uh, during those days, work days before school started?
3: yeah just to kind of piggyback off shannon um yeah set up bulletin boards in the classroom like she said don't overdo it but make the kids uh, feel welcome maybe um put some stuff stuff put some stuff up that makes a connection with the students um signs were a big one my first couple years i made a whole bunch of signs for fitness um different lessons and whatnot that took time but now that i have all the signs in place for all my um, fitness and lessons um, i'm ready to go when they come up Um, Another thing that I would do is um, go meet with the teachers, kind of go over um, what you want them to do when they bring them to class, um, any issues that might have when the students are coming, if there's any health issues. Um, I know last week I I had the kids um, meet me at the NPR, but one of my classes I had to pick up from recess. So I had to kind of rearrange how where they're coming from and stuff like that. Um, Besides that, Before, you want to make sure like lockdowns and fire drills, what you're doing with those too. Those are a big one this year. What we're doing with fire drill and especially lockdown um, because kids want to feel safe when they come in your classroom.
0: Yeah. See, that's why you're on the panel, you you, (laughs) you know, you're you're finding out what's going on in your school and looking around and all those kinds of things are really, really important. Uh, And you, you should know those really well. Bill, how about it?
1: Uh, But scheduling has been a huge piece. Um, As you know, with COVID, the schedule changed so many times. And um, that's something that I just found out yesterday that we're going to go back to pretty much everything normal, um, which I'm thankful for. But also curriculum. Uh, Thank you so much for putting those secondary lessons out. That's extremely helpful, especially for new teachers. It's unbelievable resource by the way and thank you so much um, i can use it as old timer comes per- relatively easy but it's just wonderful to have that there um but curriculum has been a huge piece scope and sequence making sure over the summer going through that making sure we have as, as shannon said make sure we have the equipment for it we do our inventory typically at the end of the year so i can order equipment um as, as we go through the year but uh i i think that that's important meeting with a nurse we'll be me we have a number of uh, like most schools a uh, diabetic diabet- you know diabetic. Etc. cetera, um, allergies, those types of things, we're meeting with students. Um, I meet as a department, that's another thing we try to touch base throughout the summer just to see how people are doing, but also um, going over to those things because people have different assignments over the summer curriculum, et cetera. So it's it's a bit, as you said, it's not time off. It's it's just, uh, we, we regroup, but it's important to take advantage of those, those moments because you have a, a, some time that you can actually get things accomplished. I think in the summer more so than the school year, and that's so important to be ready, as you said, hit the ground running. It's extremely important.
0: really' a lot lot of good ideas there. Uh, anybody got anything else they want to say there? I got a couple questions, but go for it if anybody wanted to add on, Shannon.
2: Well, I wanted to piggyback off of what Richard said. He mentioned signs. I think directional signs is something that's so important to have in your gym, and it's a great teaching tool as well. You know, you could tell your students, "Everyone, turn, turn right, and face the south wall." But just them hearing those vocabulary words brings them a sense of um, awareness and and knowing they're they're north or west or south or east, um, and then they're left and right. We have those signs posted as well.
0: Yeah, I I I couldn't agree more. Let let me. Let me just remind you, teachers out there, once school starts, you're not gonna make many signs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you don't, don't have time. Here
0: and tell me you are, <laughs> don't say, no, I'm gonna wait. You know, I've watched all of you and I've been a teacher myself, you're not fooling me. At the end of the day, you're so friggin' tired, you're not gonna go make signs. Yeah. You hardly got time to organize your lesson. And many of you don't even do that once in a while. You know, you come in, oh, well, I'm. you know, I was up late last night, what should I teach today? Um. You know, yeah. I, I know those are the stories we're not going to let out for anybody to hear, but, uh, you know, I, I know it goes on. But my point is, uh, it, when you make all those signs, like Richard said, he has all his signs. Now all he does is he goes in, he pulls them out, he uses them for circuit training. He uses them, as you said, for directionality. Uh, there are all kinds of things. So you have instructional signs for learning skills, and all those kinds of things can be done and when they're done ahead of time, that to me it should be one important thing. Uh, you know, what about equipment inventory? Making sure you have all your equipment. There's nothing worse, at least for me. I, I'm ready to teach a unit, and I go in there, and I'm supposed to have 36 balls, and I, you know, the rec guy borrowed 18 of them and never brought them back. You know, that, that doesn't feel very good. So. Um, there's a lot of those kinds of things. I, I like the idea of, um, you know, I'm just hearing some of the things you said and want to reinforce them, where you look at finding out about health issues with kids and that yep. sort of thing. That's important because sometimes you'll, uh, yip at a kid and get after a kid and then find out there was some, he had some kind of disability and some kind of issue and then you know you feel like you're about a foot tall after you've you've done that so that's a great idea as well do any of you talk to your classroom teachers about passing time and getting their classes down there and getting them there on time and i don't know about you but boy that used to irritate me to no end when a teacher would you know bring their class five minutes early and pick them up five minutes late that, yeah. that didn't sit too well with me. I, but of course you guys wouldn't care about that problem.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I, I like to say that one, that's one of the things that I, I always meet with my teachers, try to before school, we, when our meetings next week and go over the starting times and, and the ending times, talk about my expectations for their class. They should be ready for my class. And my promise is when I return them, they'll be ready for your class. I think that's, that's extremely important uh, location where to meet we uh, we first week or so we always try to meet in our multi-purpose gymnasium because it's easier versus going outside. And of course in the heat in, in certain parts of the country it can be difficult as well. But having those routines down for teachers is extremely important. And then reinforcing that with the teachers, thank you for being on time. I think it's important as well, respecting their time and, and they respect our time. I think that's extremely important. Yeah,
0: anybody else want to weigh in on that one? Yeah, I yeah. can jump.
3: Um, at some of my schools, I have some new teachers, so they don't know where exactly to pick up the kids. So before school started, I had to go down and show them um, what side of the gym because I have to split the gym since there's two PE teachers. So what side to bring them, what side to pick them up on and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, those little things will kill you ultimately. They'll bother you to no end if you if you let them get away from you. and. And you know you got two classes waiting there nobody there to pick them up or anything else i know that doesn't bother any of you (laughs) but it it does me
1: (laughs) yeah some other tricks i think too is that um homeroom teachers they want to help you so one of the things that i don't necessarily know my students and, and and most of them help me out by they'll take a class photo or they'll take individual photos and they'll either give me a hard copy or email it to me so I can learn their names, extremely important. And then that builds that relationship. If you're having an issue or difficulty with a student that re- you build that bond with that teacher to be, you know, to team up, team up to work, to help that student out. So, I mean, it gives, gives the opportunities beginning of the class, in a class, are extremely important. Um, when you're meeting with that teacher, I, I can't tell you how much it is. It's extremely important, especially as a new teacher. It's very important. Yeah,
0: that's well said. Yeah, it's well said. You and how do you go about learning names, Shannon?
2: We do a lot of um, icebreakers um, at the beginning of the school year just to get me familiar with their names. Now they come to me with. I don't see them that often. So um like once or twice a week. And so they already know each other. They know their classmates name, but I don't know their names. So we still play those games. And they may be like, well, we already know everybody. I'm like, well, that's great. Well, I don't know everybody. So we're going to play the game anyways. And so I have a couple of my go-to favorites. Um, Three ball pass. I love that game. That's where you have a piece of equipment, and you toss it, hand, you know, make eye contact, toss it lightly to the person to where they could be successful and catch it. Um, but before you do that, you say their name, and they toss it back to you. They say your name and then you toss it back to them. They, they now have the ball and they move on. Um, of course, there's a lot of standing around if you use only one ball, right? So, you know, have a couple of balls out there so you have constant movement. And so if you don't have somebody to pass to, you're standing still waiting for somebody. And so that's a great g- game to um, to learn names and also transitions well to different um, different. Items of equipment. So you could use it with a soccer ball, right? Not just a ball and not just tossing. You could use it with a, a tennis racket and, and bounce toss um, the ball. You can use it with basketball, volleyball. It's just a great transition.
0: Yeah. Richard, do you have any hints on how to learn names? Yeah, like
3: what uh, Bill said. We do a class picture. So I'll do that and then have the teacher kind of label the names on there. I'll do that in my gym with my class. But um, I'm going to get ahead of myself. But with the uh, icebreaker games, toe to toe is one I like to do. I'll jump in with the kids. We go toe to toe, learn how to find a partner. I introduce myself. They say their name. And then we go toe to toe with somebody else. We move around the room, go toe to toe toe-to-toe with someone. So that gets me involved. Uh, they say me. Uh, they see me participating with them. And I get to learn names as I go. But I'm one that I have to say the name a bunch of times. so. If I learn the name, I'm gonna say, "Hey, good job, Haley." Freezing when we do that, so I'll say it a bunch and then I'll get it down. So, yeah. Well, you I and I on the first two weeks.
0: <laughs> you and I are cut out of the same mold. I have to, <laughs> I have to say it a lot of times before yep. it's locked in good. And and, and I, I just want to say a lot of times, um, you know, when you're teaching, you go around, and you'll say, "Great job," or "I really like the way you did that," etc. But I always tell teachers early on ask them what their name is. Yes. Let's see, remind me what your name is. And out of the young ones, you'll say, you know my name, you know my name. And I say, no, I don't, you know. And then I just tell the whole class, don't tell me I know your name. I'm asking you because I don't know, it takes a while. And I just talk to them straight away. But if you will move throughout that teaching area and go from youngster to youngster, and learn their names. The sooner you learn their names, the better manager you'll be because there's yep. nothing. You got a kid across the way, and you're walking toward him, and you want to say, Shannon, I need you to be with me. You say their name. It's a whole lot better than, hey, you. Right. Yep. So those names are huge. Yep. Um, you guys do anything? Uh, tell me. um uh, What would you tell a new teacher to talk about safety issues?
1: I think that's where management comes into play. That's where management comes into play. The safety aspect, uh, stopping. um, We use a signal for them to all come in together. Um, We, you know, when we do lockdown drills or we have to leave campus, we practice those. Um, You have to have a way to do that and get your students into you quickly. And so, you know, of the games and activities we do, we already do that. The students don't necessarily know that, Fire drill et etc but we have a signal they'll come in and we you know we'll go do different activities off that I think I think that's extremely important and going back to the names I, what one of the things I, I like to identify two three or four names that I don't know on that as, as um, Richard was saying and I will identify them and um, and I will make sure I call their name out five or six times during class specifically um, you know I like the way Bob stopped in good personal space. That type of thing i think that's extremely important but safety is very important when we raise our hand they come into us quickly and then we we go where we need to go good stuff you guys good stuff um
0: I, i'd like you I, i'd like to ask you to give me a little teacher talk here it's the first day of class and you're meeting your class I know let's let's assume you don't know every kid in your class uh, you know if you've taught thirty five years and you've had these kids from you know six years, you know a whole lot of them but let's assume it's the start of the year, and to be honest with you, kids slip and and forget et cetera et cetera so I'm gonna ask each of you as you meet your class to give me uh you know anywhere from fifteen to twenty seconds of teacher talk just like you were talking to your class right now so shannon tear off into it and give me a little teacher talk you're just meeting your class for the first time
2: awesome so when they come to me they enter and they get into like boy girl lines and they stand and they're looking at me and i'm looking at them of course with a smile on my face right i don't want them to be scared of our environment so i always put a smile on i never understood why some teachers say don't smile to christmas i think that it's important for kids to know that you care but at the same time you know you have to be firm and, and have expectations for them but with a smile on my face i say hey team and i wait and if they've had me before they know to reply back hey coach and i'll probably do that again so more kids will catch on and then i'll go hey, hey team and they'll respond back hey coach and then we'll go into directions. Um, all right, we're gonna go ahead to the Wildcat. When we get to the Wildcat, or travel to the Wildcat, I want you to stop, put your water ball away, and then go ahead and get hand sanitizer and be on the Wildcat in 10 seconds. And then I'll give them a countdown, and they get to the Wildcat, and then you know we move on to our instructions there. Um, of course, we're in Catholic education, so prayers first, so we pray, and then we'll move on to um, a quick activity, something that doesn't take a lot of equipment, um, and then move on to our lesson.
0: That's good teacher talk, okay.
1: Bill. All right, so my class shows up again, um, what Shan said, a smile on my face, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is. Um, and then what I, what I like to do is, um, as, as the students are walking down, some of the students I know, some I don't, I might come up and say, what's your name? Um, and they'll tell me, I, said, oh, I love the way Bob, You know, he was quiet while I was coming down the hallway. I saw him coming down the steps he was quiet and that's a great way to enter because this is my classroom just like your classroom so when you come to, to the gym that's my class just like your class so it's important just the way the, you know the way shannon stand there hands on her knees looking at me and and, and and doing that and then what i usually do especially the younger ones i use the tambourine and the drum i really love that i learned that from you bob but um and it's great for rhythm as well but um it's to stop my class and i'll do a, a contest because um, I'm in an all-boys school, they love. to They're very competitive, as you can imagine. So I'll see who can stop the quickest. So I, I'll do the drum. I'll put my hands on my knees. I said, "Who can beat Mr. Jones?" And I'll do that. And then I'll then I'll give directions. When I say go, enter the gym where where the water bottles go, and then start skipping inside the boundaries. And then I'll go on with my lesson. So I mean, I, I and I do. You know, that's pretty common for every every class. I want to be consistent. Sure. I know that's something that um you harp on and i'm a firm believer you have to be consistent every single day with the routine and make those tweaks very slowly to have a have a clear routine it's very important especially at the beginning of the year oh for sure richard
3: yeah i'll piggyback off both of them when they uh i meet them at the npr doors and then i'm going to tell them i'll say good morning fourth grade super excited to have you guys in class today my name is Mr. Edgar. When we enter the gym, you guys are gonna put your water bottles down and I want them moving right away. And I use the tambourine as well. So they're gonna come in skipping around the room and uh, I'll hold the door for each of them. I'll either either give them a fist bump or high five as they come by and smile so they can see my face and they'll all enter the gym. Um, once they all get in, I'll start hitting my tambourine, freeze them, and then we'll get going with the lesson.
0: Okay, so you're, you're listening to three teachers here, lots of variation in experience but a lot of commonality you're hearing the same thing from all of them. Now a a truism about teaching is that anybody can start a class. Hmm. Not anybody can stop a class. (laughs) And one of the things you're not hearing from them, they're going to get them started, but I guarantee you, when these three are saying freeze, they want everybody with them. That's the expectation. I want you all, not some of you or whatever. And you know, I, I'll never forget when I was speaking somewhere on the road and, and I had a a teacher t- who was a first grade teacher and I was talking about starting and stopping classes and she said, well, you know, Mr. Pangrazy, I can start the class. I'm having trouble with my first graders. I can't stop them. And <laughs> so you all are using very clear signals to stop them and then you're following through but now you look out there and you know 90 percent of them stopped or you know it's early in the year and you got a few that didn't stop and they're monkeying around now what do we do
1: oh well i i I like you know we stop them scan the class five seconds or so and I'm praising different students for stopping what my expectations hands on these eyes on me praising those students, and that takes care about 5% of those other kids that were off task right and they're you know then I'll, I'll then but if, if the number's higher if they're not stopping then if the you know half the class I, I, re, I refocus we, we start moving again and we'll keep going through that it you know and uh but again, I know we're gonna be talking about expectations a little bit and consequences, but uh, I think that's important to know that praise resolves, I'd say a high percentage of issues, probably 95% of issues in your class. If your praise student is doing it correctly, the ones that are off task, a high percentage of them will get on task. That's that's something I've found that it works extremely well.
2: Absolutely. To to yeah, so, you know, um When I first started teaching, I used a whistle because that's what I was used to. You know, when I went through my physical education class, when you envision a coach, you envision a whistle around their neck. Well, then it came to be where they become immune to a whistle or, uh, you know, I'm losing my hearing because I'm using a whistle. So um, even though I wore a whistle, I didn't ever use it. I just liked that it matched my tennis shoes. Um,
0: (laughs) Did the lanyard match too? It did. (laughs) All right. It did.
2: Go for catalog. You got to look at all those Fox 40s. They have a variety of colors.
0: (laughs) You and my wife would get along wonderful. It's great.
2: (laughs) But I I call them commands and echoes. Um, They're just verbal cues that, that allow the kids to know that you're expecting something of them. So I may say freeze hands on top, and they're standing there like this with their hands on top of their head, and they repeat or they say altogether that means stop. And so when you have other people signaling um, the whole class, you know, when they they may not have heard the teacher, they may have not heard me, but they probably heard the five kids that repeated back. And if they don't do it right, guess what? We do it again because it's expected that you follow what's expected of you, and you do it right. And if you don't do it right, then we're going to waste time and have to repeat it. And so I think once they realized, uh, you know. We waste time if we have to repeat things that waste our game time. They they catch on really fast. Um, and then I never really leave them in this position. I just feel like it's kind of silly to be talking to them whether they're like this. So I'll say, relax. And they all give me two claps and a pencil jump and that it's, it's expected. You're looking at me, you're standing still. I say what I need to say and we get quickly back moving.
0: Yeah, Richard, yeah, anything you want to add? Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah. I use the tambourine to move them and then freeze and then the whistle and then I use music a lot too. So I mean uh big thing for me that what I learned what I had to learn was to pause after I blow the whistle or hit the tambourine. You need to pause, scan the room and make sure that everyone's doing it correctly. And then if they're not doing it, we're gonna go ahead and do it again and make sure you point out to those kids that are doing it correctly. If you see someone messing around, call out a kid that's right next to them. Hey Billy, good job freezing and they're right next to them, they're like, Oh, he called him. Maybe I should be freezing too. And also I need to make sure that I'm doing it as well, like demonstrating. So when I freeze, I have my hands on my knees and I'm looking at the students. They see me doing it, they should be doing it as well. So um, from that and from there, yeah.
2: Right, modeling what you expect from your students, right? You have to show them what that looks like.
0: Yes, yep, huge. Yeah, huge and you're all three great models. Uh, I I, I know that. just let me let me follow up and just kind of re-emphasize what I'm hearing here. You're all using something and you're expecting it and you practice it and you said you'll practice it over when it isn't what you want. I like teachers to look at management as a skill. Yeah. If you are teaching, let's just say for the sake of because it's clear, shooting baskets and a youngster shoots baskets and misses half the shots they take, you don't get upset, you don't get angry. You just say, you know, you need to practice and we're gonna take a little more time for practice. The same way you need to deal with management is not get angry, but practice it and say, we're going to practice it and do it because it is a skill. And if we don't have good management skills, It's like telling a bunch of people and putting them on the highway in a car and say, you can drive wherever you want. (laughs) Doesn't matter. You go whichever way, turn whenever you feel like it, just do whatever you want. You don't need to follow any kind of order at all. It doesn't work. You know, society is dictated by the lack of mayhem and the emphasis on organization. So just think what you're doing for your kids when you teach them and manage them early on. So... Good on you! I thought that 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 was a lot there, and there's it, it, it's great stuff uh, when you're practicing those all the time. Uh, and and I, I I just want to have each of you talk a little bit about routines because I think Bill, it was you that said it, but kids love routines. Yes. It's us that get bored. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> because you tell it a hundred times a day and you at the end of the week if you have eight classes you've seen 40 classes you've said the same thing over and over but remember the 40th class they need just as much but why are
1: routines so important with kids well i mean if your classes are efficient um the kids are more active um they they're more joyful um and uh those activities they, they enjoy and the younger they are typically uh, repeating charlie over the water or galloping ponies or what time is it mr fox whatever example you want to use i mean those are all routines on a on a line in a circle um and you know i a lot of times I, i'll do two or three introductory activities i can do them in like three or four minutes i mean because they're, they're so efficient and they love it and then we can go on into fitness and then go on to the skill focus but i mean you know, when you do routines, you're setting yourself up for possibly the lesson today, maybe later in the week, maybe for a game that you're going to be that you're going to be introducing the in a circle formation or whether it's a line formation. So you're, set, you're setting yourself up for um, being successful. And, uh, and I know one of the things spacing is so important. I mean, spacing is unbelievable and athletics is important, too, so you can relate it to that as well. Uh, students really pick up on that. But uh, manage, management, soaking okay, routines are are, are are tremendously important. And 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 you both Shannon and Richard said it. I need to demonstrate it. I need to demonstrate what looks like the hustle and fall in on a circle. Hustle to get a piece of equipment. Hustle to get on line. And then and then those students that are doing well, you can praise them doing the same thing. I think again, we have the opportunity to really build our students up in our in our in our environment. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's so
0: true, and and remember, routines save you a tremendous amount of time and allow you to put much more emphasis on activity and and instruction and having kids participate well, and routines also establish a sense of fairness in the gym. Everybody has the same expectation. You know, I have a saying uh, that I always teach classes, and that is that nobody's special, you're all special. And I don't want you standing out like a sore thumb in my class. I want you to realize you're special and just be a part because everybody else in here is special. Um, And so I often tell them that. Um, Let's talk about expectations. When you look at your kids, um, you look out there, what are your expectations for all the kids in your class? Richard. All, right. no, All right. When they come in, I'll be Somebody at the door.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when my kids come in, I like to freeze with my hands on my knees and their eyes on me. So that's one big expectation that the kids have. And if they're not doing it, I'll go give them a quiet warning. Um, and then if we move again, I see them not doing it they get a little uh, reflection They'll have to go through a timeout. Um, another one is that they're not talking while I'm talking. That um, if if I'm not talking while they're talking, they should not be talking while I'm talking. So if I'm giving them the, that respect, they should give it right back. And um, you know, dressing out, making sure that they have the right shoes and the right clothing on for your class, um, stuff like that, and using equipment. You want to make sure that they're being respectful to not just the teacher but to their students and using the equipment correctly. So there's a whole bunch of things um, that'll come up as you're getting into different lessons and stuff like that. What um, consequences and stuff like that but you want to make sure that they're using the equipment correctly um be respectful yourself and being safe in the classroom
0: shannon
2: yeah so respect is so big i i feel like that's my soapbox i'm constantly preaching that because i think that you know um just because we're a catholic school sometimes we don't act very Christ-like, right? So it has to be, um, you know, taught and expected, but we can't just, you know, talk poorly about ourselves or other people or mistreat our equipment. So I always tell them, you have to have three things about respect. First, you have to respect yourself because God made you and um, he loves you and I love you. And I wanna make sure that you're not saying anything that's gonna put yourself down. Oh man, I stink at this game, right? Oh, I can't do that. So respecting yourself first, and then also respecting um, your friends and other people. And then of course, respecting our environment. And I think that eventually after saying it and saying it and saying it, um, they, they start to get it. And then, you know, it just makes the whole environment and our gym just more positive when it feels like a safe place for everyone to be, for everyone to be successful. Even if you're not the best rock star athlete, um, you know, PE to me is really for everybody. It's not, it's not athletics. It's, it's everyone has the opportunity to play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, with with expectations, one of the things that, and again, it took me some time, um, is intertwining that into my lesson. I know it's in the orientation week. Um, And what I mean by that, when they come in, you know, we're doing an activity, I blow blow the whistle, tambourine, freeze, whatever, whatever uh, signal I'm using to freeze them. Um, and and I praise that behavior. And then I'll move them again, Then I'll start praising Shannon and Richard for moving in good general spacing. And when I'll when I'll do the tambourine bob. I love hands on these, eyes on me. Uh, when I say go, please crisscross applesauce. So that, and I'll I'll keep I'll do that for the first week, week and a half. You know, following directions. Um, you know, stopping on the signal. Of being spacing so important uh, as as we talked about. And then the, to piggyback on the respect, that's our biggest one. Respect yourself and others. Um, Basically, the fourth grade, we have a few more and Richard and Shannon kind of hit most of those. But for our uh, for our fifth grade and above, we only have one expectation, respect yourself and others. That takes care of everything, equipment, how you handle yourself, um, um, et cetera. I think that's very important. But I think practicing it within the lessons, intertwining that and letting them know what it is. Freeze. You know, I like the way you're following drugs. You freeze eyes on me. when I say go hustle, get a piece of equipment, they see me demonstrate it, they come out and praise those students as they're doing it. I think that's extremely important to intertwine that. And again, it takes a little time. And but I think that's very important, especially the first week, they, they hear it over and over. And then as the year goes on, I don't have to touch on it as much. It's just it's second nature.
0: Right. You're listening to three teachers here who aren't going to allow anybody to disrespect them as well. And that's part of that's part of the whole game. That's an expectation. You know, I I, I wanted to say a word about praise uh, and, you know, praising Johnny uh, for doing something great and you want Michael to pick up on that praise and shape himself up. Um, that works really well when you uh, do it verbally and out loud, works really well up through about the fourth grade. And then when they get into fifth or sixth grade, you're going to have to start delivering that privately. Um, because it, sometimes they'll resent it or get embarrassed um, in front of their peers, and you know you're the teacher's favorite, and you know you doesn't say anything to me, etc. So one of the things you want to see as you're getting, you know, from fourth, fifth grade on up, is start to move your praise. That that open verbal praise to kindergarten, you know, you tell one kindergartner, you'll have 32 doing the same exact thing it works beautifully. But when you get up to the older kids, then you're gonna gradually massage that over to where it's delivered privately and not publicly. Uh, And the only person that needs to hear that praise a lot of times is the youngster you want it to go to. Now, with fifth, sixth grade and that sort of thing, can you praise a class as a whole? Absolutely. Can you shape a class for them meeting group goals? Absolutely. But I'm talking about the, you know, trying to shape behavior individually. Uh, It's better to do it privately um, rather than publicly, uh, probably.
2: I agree. And also with the older kids, acknowledge when they did just a little bit better too. Like they may not have done it fully to your expectations, but say, hey, you know, I saw that you got ready faster this time. I saw that you came out of the locker room way faster um, today. So great job. I just want to let you know that I noticed that. Um, so I think just like that constant encouragement to know that, that you're, that you're aware and that you're watching and, and that you, um, you know, okay. are in like, you, you've connected to them, right? Because you can't teach anyone unless you reach them first, right? You have to know, you have to know your students. You have to, to figure out what makes them tick and, and help them to be better.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I have a quick story with that. Um, this was seventh grade, and we were doing a soccer, a small sided soccer activity. And he, he was probably the best soccer player in the class by far. And he was going down the field and he made it, he made a pay, he made an extra pass when he didn't have to. So it gave me an opportunity to say, you know, you know, Johnny, that was, that was great sportsmanship and the way to include your teammates. And, you know, he smiled lit up. I didn't have to tell the whole class. And he smiled eye my eye. and having those moments, especially with middle schoolers, is so important because they they know you care about them. I think that's extremely important, Bob. Thank you for bringing that up. It's extremely, it's well said on both
0: years. And I, I, I'm gonna add one more little thing to it. And that is both of you talked about praising behavior, not skill performance. In fact, when you praise kids too much for their skill performance, let's say Johnny's a really good athlete in your class and you keep, Great. Wow. Great job. etc. First of all, it detracts from the kids who aren't as good and could never achieve that if they wanted to, because they haven't been genetically gifted. But secondly, if you praise behavior, I can always improve my behavior and I always say in my class, I can't make great athletes out of everybody, but I can work hard to make good people and and make everybody a good person who cares. So when you focus your praise, if you will keep it on being a good person and behavior, it will be much more effective than on the skill performance. And by the way, kids who have only been praised for their skill ability, when they get a little bit older and all of a sudden they find out they aren't the best in the class, they're totally crushed and oftentimes learn to hate activity and all that because I went from the top of the class to nothing and that'll happen during adolescence oftentimes that's a very common time when it happens so yeah
2: I also find that it teaches selfishness like if I if if you would you know praise on skill um they're going to want to hear that praise again right because everyone wants to feel good and so then it's going to be okay I'm going to constantly take the shot because I want the teacher to praise me again so I also noticed um, selfishness start to build when that when that happens.
0: Good point. It's a good uh, good observation. Um, yeah, I I, I agree. A um, weigh in a, a little bit with me here about um, what if you have youngsters who don't want to participate early on. How, how how do you deal with those kids? It could be a kindergartner you know, who's just the shock of, you know, coming out of the womb and having to go to school. Um, that, that's a toughie early in the year. But, but I'm talking about maybe a first or second grader, even an older kid said, no, I don't want to do that. How do you guys handle that?
2: The first time it happens, honestly, I let them sit there and watch. And then I say, when you're ready to join us, come join us. I would love to have you participate. And so, the you know, I have you come at that with grace because what does that really mean? Do they, do they, what, what's, what else is happening? Does something happen in the classroom and put them in a bad mood and they just now are feeling down about themselves and don't want to play? Um, so, we always want to make sure that um, you give them their space because sometimes kids just need space, they need to take a, a moment. Um, but then also, let them know that you really want them to come and join the class. so give them that moment, but also encourage them to to come back and regroup with us.
0: I would also I, I think it's oftentimes a good idea to start when you're talking to your class and early on is that it, it's really not acceptable not to participate.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. some kids actually think they don't have to participate.
1: That's one of our expectations that they that they do participate. Um, I think part of it too is part of my job and our jobs to make those activities as enjoyable as possible. And and for the most part, you know, um, they're fun. I have to be honest with you. I mean, I you know I'm I'm tooting my own horn here, I guess a little bit, but I just think you know that's part of our responsibility to make it fun and enjoyable. And that the yes, are going to be occasions students to sit out for a little bit. But uh, they you want them to be there, and if they're seeing other students having fun and their classmates having fun, most of the time they'll join in so um, another hook that we have is that they can earn a game day or a free day within our curriculum. We have those scheduled, and they have to meet my expectations the expectations for the class, and if they do it as a class, um then they get to have those they get to have those opportunities and individually, if there's a student's difficult, sometimes they don't get to participate as much, so that's that's a possibility as well,
0: yeah. Those are starters. Richard, how, how do you uh, build relationships uh, with your students and get them to buy into you personally? Um, so, I mean, how I start at the gym and I make
3: connections with bulletin boards and stuff like that. I participate with the kids, say their names, um, give them choices. So I want to piggyback off of what we were just talking about. I give kids choices to get them participating. I had, did jump ropes this past week, and some kids were struggling with turning the jump rope. So I told them uh, one of the things they can do is they can put it on the ground, jump side to side over the jump rope. You know, They don't have to do the skills that I'm showing them. They can do the ones previous that we learned. So doing that, giving getting their trust and
0: creating a safe place for them. Hmm. Yeah, and I love that, and I, you know, I can tell you're all that way, and that's really neat. You know, I I remember hearing a teacher say, "I don't care whether the kids like me or not; it's whether they do the stuff and perform. That's all I care about." Doesn't work. Mm. Yeah, doesn't work. They got they got to buy into it just, and and I think you said it really well, Richard, uh, uh, that, uh, of what you're doing there. Uh, Shannon and Bill, you're both administrators now, big time administrators. They're telling uh, you know all these. I'm I'm having fun with you now. You're just getting into that. But what what do you what do you expect from teachers? What, what qualities do you see when you look out at it, your teachers? Say, well, really a good teacher, and, and what makes a good teacher in your eyes? I just want to hear it from. Yeah.
2: I think the willingness to learn. Um you know we are lifelong learners, or at least we should be right, and so, um, I could take a situation whether it's good or bad, and learn something from that right and so if i'm if I'm in a bad environment, what can I learn from this? I think just being willing to learn and um you know my my new teachers that that I mentor um being open to feedback, you know we all have our different styles. we don't need a hundred Shannons running around coaching p e in our diocese, right, but um, you know, listening and learning um, from those who do have experience and then finding out your own style, what what works for you and your classroom management and your expectations. So listening, but making unique and constantly learning.
1: Yeah, That's good. I think I think clear expectations, like when I work with my staff and student teachers. That there are clear expectations what what we want from them as a teacher. First of all, I'm assuming they're in the profession because they want to teach and they want to be good and good at what they're doing. And um, I'm Richard's on the road to that. It sounds like, which is fantastic. But I I think first of all, I need to demonstrate. We've all said that I need to be the one that's there at the right time. I need to have my equipment set out. I need to de- I need to be demonstrating. They need to be deserving that. Um, and then when I observe, I usually have them tell me the two or three things they want me to observe. I don't necessarily look at everything. I mean, I will give some comments if it's something way off. But and then and, and they give their feedback. And then I like to give feedback off that. And then we work we work from there. I think it's it's very important because um, you know as, as my wife says, I, I know I know a lot. And then I don't know a lot, like Shannon said. I keep learning. I I learn from my students every single day. I mean, that's the joy for all of us is you know, I feel like we're directors on stage, you know, and we're out there and every day's different. Some days we have struggles with class. Other days, are, they're beautiful. Things go perfectly, but that's the joy and the beauty of it. And that's what I try to tell my staff, you know, there's ups and downs. I mean, for me, for me as well. And and you learn from that. And that's when you reflect on what you've done and what you haven't. And I think that's, I think that's one of the key. Don't try to bite off too many things at one time, especially if you're, if you're only in first, second year, third year of teaching, it's very important to get, pick some things and you target those and you ask for help uh, one of the things that we do in our school we have teachers from other areas math science English come in to our classes and, and vice versa because good teaching is good teaching and I think seeing that's very important in different environments as well so that's something you know to consider as well because there's some master teachers out there teaching English and math that you can learn something from as well
0: yeah I mean that's it
1: that's a good thought.
0: I mean, some of you could go into a classroom and watch a good teacher and see how they work with. And if you're not sure how to handle a youngster and you're having trouble with that youngster, maybe going into the classroom and see how the student behaves in the classroom and you might get a whole different perspective uh, about that youngster. So that's a really good idea. Now I'm gonna flip it here, Richard. <laughs> so I I wanna know what, you you know, you listen to these two administrators here, what would you what do you want out of a good administrator
3: (laughs) someone that is there for us that is um willing to go to bat for us you know we have a great administrator um, in mesa and she is always um making sure that we're taken care of um making sure that our schedules are in place and that we need what we we have what we need to be successful uh, with the curriculum with the signs um she provides that but we have to go and make them we have to do all that stuff you know but um yeah the someone that will go to bat for you and um is willing to help you become a better teacher
0: yeah well richard's administrator happens to be my wife so <laughs> i'll uh, i'll be sure to make sure she hears that richard i don't know whether i'm Perfect. getting great poop from you here but uh no i
3: i know <laughs>
1: I, I know you. Are. I'm just teasing but um. I, I need to echo on that though Bob first of all Deb and you have made me what I am gone going out to Mesa seeing master teachers spending time with your wife and with you watching her work um, really concentrating on things that are important all the things we've been discussing you know good management signs etc yeah, you know, so I don't think he's, I don't think he's blowing any smoke. I think, you know, you're, you're very <laughs> blessed to have a wonderful wife and I'm hopefully Deb recovers quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Those are kind words. And, and those are good words
0: by all of you. Hey, um, here, here's my last challenge for you as we wrap this up and it can be short and sweet, whatever you want, but I want you to leave the audience, uh, with, a, with your thought for the year. Um, one thing that they might take them for the year, what's uppermost in your mind right now that maybe you'd want to leave them with? And and uh, give me a thought for the year. I'll just let you freeform it. I, Go ahead. I, we'll, I'll start, we'll, start. we'll start with the least experience. I'm sorry, Bill. All right,
3: put me on the spot. It's all good. Um, so, I mean, the beginning of the year, um, before it gets come, it could. Be stressful and anxious, but once the kids come, um, you see the smile on their faces and everything kind of starts flowing into place. Um, I know when I first got into teaching, my first couple of years, it was stressful, but um, now that I'm in the groove of it and I'm kind of getting my years under my belt, it is um, less stressful and more fun. And um, the kids love us. You know, the kids love coming to PE. The kids love moving. Um, they wish that they got it more. They love the climbing ropes. They love all the cool stuff that we do. So. The kids love the pe teachers and love being in our class
1: okay who wants to follow up bill go ahead i cut you i'm sorry oh that's no worries um i i'd like to leave I, I, and i'm start i'm going to end the way we started uh, class management is key um i can't go you have to practice 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 you need to be the role model and demonstrate what you want to see consistently verbally and and physically you need to be doing that for your students and then i think one of the things that we didn't really get to touch on it's important to reflect reflect yeah. how your lesson went what went well what didn't go well if you have another teacher that's able to watch your class administrator it's always good to invite them we always invite our 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 our, our, our principals in um, and other teachers in to see. I, it's important to get feedback because they'll see something that we don't see. And uh, and I have a decent staff. And I have my staff members come in and give me feedback, and vice versa. So we try to do we try to do that um, in a non-threatening way. I think that's very important. But class management, pr- no, you're going to have to practice and reflect on reflect on what's went what went well and what you'd like to work on. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the
0: reflection thing because. I wanted to cover it, but we were getting short of time, but that, that's, uh, that's a good point. Shannon?
2: So, before I tell you my what I would think for the year, um, Bill, you had said, when I say go, and you said it twice, and the first time you said it, I wrote it down because I wanted to come back to it. That is a key phrase that every physical education teacher needs to be saying because you'll start talking and immediately you'll have kids running off doing whatever you said. They didn't even listen to the whole part the whole sentence, right? They just listened to the tidbit and they're trying to do it. So if you start your sentence, when I say go, I want you to move to the baseline and then you wait because you want to give them time to process what you just said, go. And then they move to baseline. Uh, That's, that's a great management tool. So thank you, Bill, for, for saying that because that's something every teacher needs to know. Um, but my, my thing for the year, um, is take care of yourself and um, take time for you because you're important and you can't de- be your very best if you're not taking care of yourself. So, you know, reduce your stress however that is for you, but you can't pour from an empty cup, right? And so you wanna make sure that that you're healthy and that you're taking care of you so you could take care of our children.
0: You know, it, it, I'm just gonna summarize and said, you get to listen to, three teachers all with different amounts of experience and and different settings, totally different settings to be honest with you, totally. Um, One in a private school um, that's small and well organized, another in a large district in a lower income area, another one in a catholic uh, private school setting and they're all different but did you hear all the commonalities among these three these are master teachers you're listening to these are teachers who have worked at their craft forever and ever and will continue to work hard because they care and there is nothing like caring there is nothing like wanting to be the best you can be at what you do And I always remind you that you're only as good as your last lesson. So if you have a good lesson, it doesn't mean the next one's going to be good. And so that's where Bill's reflection really comes into it, because you can be cruising along with five good lessons, and man, the next class comes in and it crashes. (laughs) Um, And that's just teaching for you. That's the way it always will be. But reflect, take time, think about it. And just let me thank all three of you from the bottom of my heart for the the great job of sharing you did and say to all you teachers out there, thank you all for being teachers and I hope you get off to a flying start. And I can't thank you enough for what you do for our society. You are the fabric of our society. Teach respect and dignity and care for others and this world will be a much better place to live. Thank you all, see you soon.